Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Maverick Podcast. I'm Jason. Hello again. And I'm John. It's great to be back. Bit of a regular routine for us now. We've had a few breaks in there and back to doing hockey every week, right? Yeah, I think so. We'll have a little bit of a break coming up around Christmas, but uh, but yeah, it's it's nice to have you not traveling as much. So <laughs> yeah, we uh, we got that luxury here for a few more weeks that we're in town. So and then once January rolls around, it heats up again, right? Yeah, we'll be, we'll be back with a few more trips January, February, March. So. Just like UNO, last uh, last few few months of the season here, so push to the finish. That's right. So Cairo College Tigers traveled in into Baxter Arena here, and as we said last week on the podcast, this was a series that we expected uh, UNO to to perform well in. Um, I think if I remember right, you predicted the split and I predicted a sweep, I think. Yeah, I did. Although I, I did get it wrong. I predicted that we would lose Friday and that we would win Saturday. And I mean, we almost lost Friday. We, we tried to give it back to them. That was for sure. Um, I think that's kind of the, the headline for, as we talked about, like that's the headline for the weekend is, is that, you know, UNO came out, blazed asunder, right? Like, first period Friday night was good hockey. You know, they were productive. They were on the pot. They were filling lanes. Um, they were being good defensively, too. We limited them, you know, opportunities and shots on Friday. And then second period, kind of not as great. But, I mean, you're up 3 nothing. You're going right. to... You're going to play a little bit more conservatively. You're not going to try to um, push the envelope as much. And then third period on Saturday, like, it's almost like we were trying to coast through it. And we just don't have the talent to coast through it. And I really hope that that was the kind of the shock to the system that they needed to be like, oh, you know, CC is good enough to beat us. We can't, you know, go into Saturday lazily getting through this. And unfortunately, they came out bad, like, they came out Saturday the way I would expect a team who had like two weeks off to come out on a Friday game. Like it, it was just, everything was discombobulated. Like nothing was working and I don't know what got under them, but it, it wasn't good in the first period. It was worse in the second, you know, the third, then you were just trying to play catch up and you had to start the third on a five on three, a full two minutes of a five on three power play. So We've talked about, and this is one of those kind of comments that everybody makes ad nauseum about playing a full 60 minutes. And certainly that didn't happen on Friday. And, and really was the clock was our friend on Friday night because um, they had opportunities right there within the last minute to get the equalizer on us. And it was just, it was baffling because you have a four to nothing lead. And honestly, I didn't think that UNO being the team that they are would have given up a you know almost given up a four goal lead and i i know you felt the same way i mean we were just looking at each other during the game like how is this happening how are they letting them back in and like you said they came out completely flat and i i don't know how that happens any idea jason yeah i mean it's hard not being in the locker room like that's kind of one of those things um you know the guys that i kind of hang out at intermission on the on the deck and stuff when we're getting a beer and that, like we talk about it and from a coaching perspective, like as a coach, as a guy who's been there, like that's one of the hardest things is, is 
the reading the room kind of thing. Like the X's and O's we get, you know, that's the, that's the stuff that you preach in practices and you run them through. And if something's not working, you can adapt your, your system to kind of try to, you know, limit high danger opportunities. Or if a team's just, you know, really productive from one side of the ice or something, you might be able to kind of shift and stack to, to prevent that. Right. But this isn't, it's not an X's and O's problem and it's not a talent problem. Like UNO has the talent to compete. You know, I, I question whether or not they have the talent to win a national championship, but this is a team that's talented enough to make a frozen four. They're talented enough to make, certainly talented enough to make the NCAA playoffs, right? They're talented enough to compete against Duluth and St. Cloud and North Dakota to, you know, possibly win a, a conference championship, right? So it's not a talent thing. It's not that you're not good enough. It's, it's that you're undisciplined. And I know coaches talked about it a number of times and talked about it again about um, undisciplined play, particularly when it comes to some of the penalties and kind of putting us in the situation. And it's hard because it seems very lopsided in a lot of things. Like the five, the, the, the five on three that CC had going into the third period on Saturday night was one of those that's like, I don't see how you don't even up a lot of that stuff. Like three of the three of the four penalties that were called at that moment in time came from one scrum in front of the net. And we end up with a major penalty, but like our player was the one who had his helmet ripped off. So how we get the face mask penalty there. And then, you know, of course the refs over there, like, I don't know who did it. Just, you know, looking over the bench, like pick a number or something. It's like, I just, it doesn't bode confidence that they actually saw what they thought they saw. It was, we looked at it for a long time and finally found something we can justify. It wasn't like, it just happened and there was a bunch of stuff and I can't remember who had the first penalty. Like I could have given them that. Like, I can't remember who, you know, had the roughing call or interference or whatever it was that they called it the opposite blue line. Like if you forgot that, I get it because there was a crap ton going on in front of the net after that, you know, like they go in and they, after the whistle, they stab the goaltender. No call on that one, unless you're calling that one of yeah. the roughing. But spearing is a misconduct penalty. And that was like that was an attempt at the puck. He came in and he jabbed him. Like I watched this, jabbed him in the chest with a stick. Like that's not going for the puck. That shouldn't be allowed, but that doesn't get called. So it's kind of like it wasn't so much the calls that they make. And I've had this problem a lot with NCHC refs in, in, you know, recently. It's like, my problem isn't with the calls that they make. It's that they choose to make those calls and not the same call the other way, or they choose to just miss, you know, blanket calls. Like we have guys on a penalty kill that get the stick chopped out of their hands and we don't call it a slash. It's a slash. It's interference. You can't do it. It happened twice on their two minute, on their five minute penalty, once during the five on three and once during the five minute. And one of them led to the goal chopped his hands, knocked the guy down who was trying to recover and get back to the front of the net. Blame the interference. And you have to be clean. Like every ref knows that if you give a team a five minute and that team decides to take some luxuries in front of the net or anywhere, you're supposed to call that stuff. You're supposed to even it up because you have to be clean. You have an advantage. You can't do those things, but they just look the other way. I was hopeful in the second and third, UNO would get it going, but they didn't get it going. We ended up losing four to nothing. And after the second period on Friday night, UNO allowed seven unanswered goals by CC during the series. And uh, 
again, it was just kind of baffling how that happened. And it um, could have been more like those missed opportunities, like wide open nets yep. on our plays. And um, there was a pass across that just, I don't know how we missed it. Like, I still, was, like, I still don't know how that puck did not go in the net. And it's like, I, we, we could have lost that. Like probably we could have lost Saturday probably by like six or seven goals easily. Exactly. And I, part of me wonders if, if it's because if you look at our non-conference schedule back in October, we really did not play the talented non-conference foes. We usually have one or two teams, Big Ten type teams that come in that give us a real test early on. And we just haven't had that. The toughest series we had played coming into this was against St. Cloud. And as we know, we came out flat on Friday night against St. Cloud. But then the Saturday night game, we had to claw and fight for everything we got. So we need more of those games where they have to fight tooth and nail 60 minutes, I think, going forward. This series and the Miami series, which were both splits, are the kind of series that you and I talk about and a lot of fans talk about where you hate to give up three points to your opponent at this stage of the season. That's kind of the story coming out of this series and uh, not what we were expecting after the first period on Friday night. To your yeah. point, though, like we have to come out and play like every team St. Cloud. Like obviously you're going to treat each game different and X's and O's are going to be different, but we need to, we need to have the mindset that every team that we play can beat us. We just have to, because in the NCHC, clearly every team can beat us because we've lost to the two teams that are at the bottom and expected to be at the bottom of the conference. And when March rolls around and we find ourselves having to go to Denver again to play a playoff series you know, first round playoff series against them. Like I'm going to look back going, it's our, we lost six points. Miami and Cairo college right there should be the points that we need because in the last few years, we've missed out on home ice by less than a win in the NCHC. So here's one we let slip through Miami. As we talked about in the podcast back then was one we let slip through and you just can't, you can't do that. That's not what a top team in this conference does. Absolutely right. Brandon McManus said in the post-game presser on Friday night that uh, this team's goal was winning a national championship. Who's your player of the week? Uh, so do I get to take the easy one then? Because I think there's an easy one. Yeah, go ahead. All right. I got McManus. Okay. Like, I thought, I, I will say his line, so I'm not surprised if you pick one of his line mates. But that McManus-Mueller-Weiss line was consistently a threat on the ice. Um, and I think more so than, than our quote-unquote top line with Ward on it was. Um, even with Primo back, you know, on Friday. He wasn't there on Saturday. And I, I know that's going to throw some things off, but like, we just we need more we need more production and those are the guys that that kind of brought it and, and I don't see how you can look anywhere other than them at this point in time because everything else seemed a little shaky to me I think that that was a great pick I told you guys after the Friday night game that my uh that my uh, <laughs> front runner for player of the weekend was the clock body thankfully and if if I if I were being super clever, I would pick the clock and I'm tempted to pick the clock because that was what really got us the win on uh, 
on Friday night. But uh, uh, I'm going to go with the guy who got the, the scoring started for UNO on Friday night. I'm going to go with Jimmy Glenn. He's a guy that that is just he's a solid, dependable player. He's not flashy. He's not a superstar, but we don't single him out enough. And uh, he has been a terrific player this season for UNO. So I'm going to go with Glenn, although I was tempted to go with the clock because <laughs> that's what helped us to win on Friday. So. Uh, so, yeah, McManus, Glenn, I think those are good picks. But our first topic in the shootout segment today is we're going to talk about concessions because that became a story. As it regards the fan experience this weekend, there were long lines at the concession stands. There were a number of beer stands that were closed. And a, a number of people have talked to me about how aggravating it is to not have cash in the stands. So, Jason, you uh, you like to imbibe. You like to an, enjoy an adult beverage uh, every weekend. Uh, we get to go to games at Baxter. What is up with the beer stands being closed? Uh, you know, that was, I have no idea. And I, I'm curious if the, if the, the team kind of went into this, if, if the management and stuff kind of went into this thinking that it's Carl college, you know, no one's going to show up. So we don't need to staff a lot of stuff. And it might've been, you know, kind of their expectation, um, based on the, as the whole last month we did that segment because attendance was pitiful at a lot of those games and so I wonder if they just weren't ready um but man the lines like I've never in all the years of Baxter never seen lines as long as they were and the whole idea behind the whole non-cash thing is I mean part of it was COVID but a lot of it I've seen at, at NHL arenas and stuff is because it's typically faster it's usually yeah. quicker to use plastic than it is to use cash um the time that it takes them to count um, change and things like that. And, you know, in some arenas, you know, we don't typically, we don't have to worry about that here because they price influx the, the tax, but there's a lot of arenas that don't. And there's a lot of places that, you know, it says six bucks for a hot dog and then it costs you $7 and 15 cents because there's concession tax and whatnot and things like that that you have to add on. So, so like, not having to deal with that math that's involved is is a lot simpler, but it's not the case. Like it's not faster. Like everything's slow. People were in lines. Like it was crazy coming back. Like we walked back after the um, at the end of the second, we were walking back to our seats, and that concession stand that's right behind our section still had a line that was out into the concourse, like longer than the little throughputs that they had. I mean, and it was just like get a walk forever to get stuff and like even the chick-fil-a stand was closed on friday and you know i never saw the taco thing and it's just like it's frustrating because as a fan i know that that's where they make their money but it's hard for me to want to participate in that yeah i mean you look at those lines they were insane i mean they were backed up we sit in section 216 um which is right in the middle on the uh west side of the facility and it was amazing. They were backed up past the restrooms and that normally doesn't happen. And it was every intermission that I went out that I saw this. So I don't know what the scoop was. And like you said, the reason that you do credit cards at concession stands is to make things go faster. It also means you don't have to, to worry about having enough cash to make change on hand, et cetera. But I will say that there are a number of fans who, when they come to a game, they come with their kids 
During the game, kids can get bored during hockey games. They like to give their kids a few dollars and send them out to the concession stand to get something. And a lot of people are not comfortable sending their kids with a credit or a debit card to get snacks. I know some of our friends, Jamie and Renee, who sit next to us, they were talking about getting their uh, their two kids uh, each a debit card from their credit union. You know, my friend Scott, who sits behind us, who sits in your row, he likes to give his kids cash for concessions. He doesn't, he's trying to train them on good, you know, money management skills. And he doesn't want to teach them at this age. You know, one's a preteen, the other's a teen. He doesn't want to teach them that you can just swipe a card and get whatever you want. So he would like to be able to pay cash. I'm a person who doesn't use credit cards. So when I buy something at Baxter Arena, I typically pay cash. Ultimately, I want UNO to just be bringing in more money and, and take money from whoever wants to give it to them. Right. I, you know, and it goes to go back to like one of the marketing ideas with the whole family pack. I was talking to someone about, it was, I, he's playing over in Sweden for one of their European league teams. And he was saying like, so as a, one of the benefits to being a season ticket holder for their team is that you can preload concessions onto your account. And so they have a, their ticket is on like, what is essentially looks like a credit card. We've seen those before at UNO where we've had the little card that we used to yep. get in games, right? And so they have that same setup. They have a card, you get into the game on that card. But you can also go up and have that card scanned at the concession stands and it will, you can buy whatever it is that you can preload it at any point in time with whatever you want to got. So you can go in there and go, okay, we're going to the games this weekend and I know the kids are going to want, you know, a soda and some popcorn, right? So I can just preload a soda and a um, tub of popcorn and stuff onto there. And then when they're going, I think, you know, like you mentioned, Scott, like, all right, here's our card. It's got soda and popcorn on it you can go get the soda and popcorn that's all you can get that's it it won't buy anything else it won't get you anything else you can just go up and say this is what i want and it's either on the card or it's not and i'm like well that's that would be kind of that would be kind of an interesting idea to do to kind of accomplish that and speed things up because you'd also have you know a fair idea about you've got to have this on hand you know like you have to plan in advance. You have to say, look, Chick-fil-A is not going to be here or the Oklahoma Joe's place isn't going to be open or the taco bar, whoever runs that thing, like not going to be open, right? Um, because if it's not open, I can't buy it. But you can't be selling people stuff and then have no way for them to redeem it. So it, it would be an interesting strategy, I think. And, you know, I've seen those cash to card machines and stuff and they charge a fee and you know, that's, you know, the way they make money. And, you know, maybe there's a partnership there for the university. Absolutely. So our second shootout topic, Josh Fenton is out as the NCHC commissioner. He has moved on for bigger and better things. I think the Summit League Conference, it's the conference that UNO plays all of the rest of its Division One sports in that aren't hockey. This was a very, very interesting thing to see happen. I immediately wondered, because I'm always into conference realignment conspiracy theories. I love those. And you and I have talked about conference realignment on this podcast before. I had wondered if maybe the idea was eventually that the Summit League, maybe it wouldn't be called the Summit League, might house hockey as one of its sponsored sports too, so that they would become a conference that that had hockey, one uh, AA football, and then the basketball, volleyball, those mid-major sports that they play. I thought 
maybe he's coming on board to help kind of merge the two to give these teams and this conference more kind of stature as it regards TV, streaming, video contracts. But any thoughts on that? We don't we don't have a lot of information yet, but I thought it was interesting, Jason. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned conspiracy theory. Like, that's kind of the big thing to it, right? Like, we don't know, but there's a lot of interesting factors that support what you're talking about, right? Like, you have St. Thomas, as you mentioned, with their move to D1. You also have Augustana that's getting a D1 hockey program. That's right there, you know? Yep. And like at the at the league offices, so it's kind of like you know maybe with with hockey kind of doing what it's doing and, and and going the direction that it's going, you have to anticipate that at some point in time in the I'd say near future we're gonna have to look at bringing on some more teams in the NCHC, and it's one thing to go out there and say you know let's encourage a hockey school to come on board right or Let's go, you know, harvest, steal someone from the WCHA or CCHA, right? Those are always, that's kind of the way it's always happened, right? And so now you have this opportunity where he goes over and takes over and says, hey, maybe, you know, with St. Thomas going D1, Augustana, maybe we can get convince them, maybe they already got in the pipeline plans that, you know, just haven't been talked about, that they're going to take some of their other sports D1 as well um, and bring on a hockey program and say, here's the opportunity to bring them into a great conference for hockey uh, with the schools that are there. And with the other schools say, hey, if you want to remain in this conference, you've got to bring your other D1 sports in or these D1 sports in. And I, the part that I love about it is I love that you see the same schools in different sports and you can create that rivalry. Like I've seen the, the DU Omaha rivalry that we've have in hockey, like to see that spill over to volleyball and basketball has been, I think, really refreshing. Um, well, I, I think it'd be really cool to say, hey, we get to play, you know, we got North Dakota and we got North Dakota at volleyball. And maybe it's a, you know, I've seen teams do this where they bring in a conference and it's like, you know, you've got volleyball and hockey on Friday, you've got basketball, you know, men's basketball and hockey on Saturday, and you got women's basketball and volleyball on Sunday. And it's like three days of nothing but Denver versus Omaha or North Dakota versus Omaha or something. Um, so that the whole group can travel all as one. And I'm like, that's kind of cool because you get, you now, as, as kind of we pointed out with the crossover needed in, in marketing and sports of like, you've got that appeal of this is that rivalry, but you also have that, you know, you're a basketball fan and you can just hang around for a hockey game. Yeah, exactly. It's great for traveling fans. And as we know, you mentioned North Dakota, we know a number of their fans travel here every year and it'd be great to have an opportunity for them to get to enjoy some other sports. Um, you mentioned UNO and DU, uh, in addition to hockey and basketball, the soccer rivalry has been great in that conference between the yeah. two schools. And like you said, Augustan is a team that's in the NSIC, um, along with teams like uh, Minnesota Duluth and St. Cloud State. And if those schools decide that Division II isn't the future for them and they want to move their other sports besides hockey up to Division I, they would be a great geographic fit in the Summit League. And that could make a really exciting conference. And with the infusion of the hockey money, which a lot of the schools um, that are in uh, the uh, Summit League that have been fairly successful the past few years 
are teams that have that hockey money funding their athletic department. So that could become a really, really cool, strong division one conference. It'll be really interesting to see what happens uh, as it regards alignment going forward. But I thought it was interesting when Josh Fenton took the job, uh, considering he's done a great job running the uh, NCHC the past several years. So we'll have to see what happens, Jason. And speaking of Western Michigan, they are our next opponent. We go on the road to Lawson Ice Arena, fun venue to go watch hockey at. Considering our series against Colorado College, we're, uh, we're going to have all we can handle. What do you think going into this series, Jason? I think it's a test. I, I worry after how we performed against Colorado College about what we're in for here. I mean, it's this is a top team. Like This is, this is not the Western Michigan that we saw last year in the pot. This team is playing really good hockey right now. And we have the, there's the potential that we're running into a buzzsaw here. Um, there's also the potential for us to go in and say, you know, seasons turn on a dime and we're that dime. You know, this is the point where Western Michigan struggles and it starts with them struggling against UNO. Um, again, the talent's there to do it. The question is whether or not these guys are going to put in the work and the effort and, you know, be mindful of, of what the opportunity is. And, and that's a hard thing to judge. Yeah. It's I play a lot like the St. Cloud series. And I would, I would probably say result wise, I would expect about the same, probably a split. We don't play well on Friday. So I'm going to say that if we win, we win on Saturday, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be a test. It's a test. This is a good team. Yeah. And I'll tell you, looking at Western Michigan, a lot of names that we've been watching uh, for the past few years, uh, Drew Warrod, Ethan Frank, of course, uh, who grew up in Papillion, uh, Ronnie Adderd. And you look at those guys. I mean, Ethan Frank, for example, 15 goals and seven assists so far on the season. I mean, these guys have a lot of firepower. They're, they're a good, strong, physical team. It's going to be challenging. And uh, the, coming into this weekend series, they, uh, they swept Miami. They were ranked number six. We were ranked number 10 coming into this weekend against CC. I don't know where we stand. You know, I picked a split against CC this weekend and it turned out uh, right, unfortunately for us as UNO fans. I'm saying we get swept. It's based on the performance this week against CC. I would love to go with the split like you did, Jason, but I can't do it. It's what I got for you, Jason. Well, we'll see. The guys <laughs> in the ice have something to say about it, right? <laughs> yeah. But we'll be online. We'll be on Twitter. Bridget will be tweeting the games this weekend. Uh, so be sure to join us uh, there. Be sure to join us on Facebook. You can find links to all of our social media channels at mavpuck.com. You can also find back episodes of the podcast. So until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs.